to Star Trek Comic Book Review. Our several-year mission will be to boldly go where no podcast has gone before. We will be reviewing every Star Trek comic book ever published. These stories have been released by Gold Key, Marvel, DC, Malibu, Wildstorm, Tokyo Press, IDW, and others. Star Trek and all that the Star Trek universe contains is copyrighted by CBS Studios, Inc. Hello and welcome to Star Trek Comic Book Review with Donovan and Ken. Episode number 268, recorded on Father's Day, June 18th, 2017. Right, so today we're finishing off a, a great crossover between Star Trek and the Green Lanterns. Yes, I agree. And I, I, I think you'll agree. Matter of fact, I know you'll agree. I think we might have said it in the first three. This, this is a better second outing than, than the first uh, volume. Right. I enjoyed the first one a yeah, lot. Yeah. But For me man, too. This, this, uh, this, new, this new series is knocking it out of the park. Every issue, I'm just like, <laughs> I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I mean, we had cons suddenly show up and yep. get a, a Red Lantern last, last episode. And yep. you're just like, I should have seen that coming, but I would have never a million uh, years thought that they would bring in that, cross those two over. So right. I am digging this whole story. Sure. And then a uh, big thing happens at issue six. Uh, yeah, well, it doesn't, Which... it, it, it doesn't wait till issue six. Issue five oh, is five? the big thing. Drives. Oh, that's right. That's right. Five. Okay. So. so in five, the big thing happens, which I should have seen coming, but uh, you say it's your favorite part. We talked before the recording started, and I agree. Right. And that's, a, that's what's so great about these six issues is that all of it, if you really thought about it, or when it happens, you're like, well, why didn't I see that coming? Yeah. Uh, but, but they do a good job of you know, sleight of hand so that when it does happen, I'm, I've been surprised on, on most of the big uh, reveals. Yeah. So, yeah, it's good stuff. And like like the last uh, the first miniseries, uh, they they don't shy away from just knocking out uh, and killing off major DC characters. I mean, uh, we had yeah. uh, in that first series the whole DC universe died, but then uh, but then in this one they they killed off uh, Atrocitus in the in that. Yeah, no that problem. That wasn't that wasn't issue three, right? I'm not spoiling anything for four. No, no, that was definitely issue. No, three. no, no, no. Yeah, so I mean, he's a big player, and you just killed him off. Yep, but it's another dimension. You can do that. Yeah, I guess so. It's another dimension of another dimension. It gets kind of confusing. It does, but you can do anything you want. Right? Yeah, you're not you're not you're not held to anything in the Star Trek or DC universe. Right. Which, is, which as we see in issue six, plays off quite well. Yeah. As a kid, you were a fan of both. I was. Did you ever see a Green Lantern Star Trek crossover no, in your head? No, of course not. <laughs> no, no. It never occurred to me until right. you mentioned, hey, Ken, we got to do this one. <laughs> I, it never even occurred to me. Right. When I was a kid, I was really into, as I think I've mentioned on the show, um, Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah, definitely. Yeah, but sure. then also uh, Star Trek and um, Superman. Mm-hmm. And when and when DC had Superman and obviously they had Superman, but when they had Star Trek, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember walking home from school many, many, many times, and I in my mind I just pictured the crossover between Superman and uh, 
and uh, Star Trek. Mm-hmm. H- how it would be, you know, and uh, it never happened. No. Oh. So I never, I never once thought Star Trek and Green Lantern, just because I wasn't that big into Green Lantern. But, uh, but uh, it, it is a little bit of wish fulfillment to see them, see these two together, you know, yeah. and, and think that well, if, if you could tie it, if they could tie it into Green Lantern, why not tie it into Superman? Uh, so maybe one day I'll get my wish. Well, based on how the last or the sixth issue ends, maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll get to that before the uh, episode's over. Right. So, saying that, you want to go ahead and start off with number four? Let's do it. Okay, so uh, this is part four of Stranger Worlds. Published date March 2017. Writer Mike Johnson. Artist Angel Hernandez. Letterer and World Design. Colors by Mark Roberts. Production design by, by Neil Yataki. Editors Sarah Gados from IDW, and Chris Sarasi from IDW. Then from DC, Jim Chadwick and uh, Michael McAllister uh, are doing editor duties. we got three covers for this issue. Cover A features Green Lantern, Hal Jordan, and Captain Kirk, surrounded by Red Lanterns that are likely Khan's genetic Superman followers. Looks like Kirk and Hal are going to get their buttocks handed to them. In a, as a huge guardian head looks on. Cover art by Angel Hernandez. The retailer incentive cover is absolute perfection. I love this. I went right away to see if I could buy the hard-covered copy and get this, co- this, this cover, but of course I can't. It's unavailable. Lone Star Comics didn't have it. But so this is the retailer incentive cover, and it shows Taz Kirk and Spock in their mid-60s, prime time on the bridge uh, look uh, with uh, Green Lantern slash Toss uniforms on, uh, with uh, black masks. It is, it is perfect. I love that cover. Um, I definitely want to get a copy of that, but we'll see. Uh, cover art by Tony Shastine. Love that one. Subscription cover takes place on the Enterprise Bridge where Kirk is at the con and dismayed as he has lost all control as Green Lanterns and Star Trek characters are interacting in cosmic ways. Uh, Art is by Isaac Goodhart. It's kind of a funny cover. Red Lantern, Khan, and his supermen are face-to-face with Hal and Kirk's landing party. Khan bestows a hearty hello to Kirk and Spock. He introduces himself to Hal and offers an alliance of two superpowered beings. Hal turns him down, stating he knows Khan's type. Oh. Hal attacks Khan with a green energy beam, as does Kirk and Spock with phasers set to kill. Neither are effective, and Khan orders his augments to attack. Kirk calls the Enterprise for a beam-out, but before it happens, a fight ensues, and our heroes are all beaten badly. Scene shifts to the center of the universe, Oa. Sinestro observes the Guardians in their early days before the creation of the Green Lantern Corps, but spots the central battery and sees the means to great power. Sinestro lands among the Guardians. They wonder who he is, and wonder at the power ring they have never seen before. He introduces himself and says 
they have much to discuss. Back at the secret Federation installation, Khan gloats as Hal's power ring fails. He threatens to kill Spock just to watch Kirk's reaction. Suddenly, the metal roof to the base is peeled back by Kilowog. The three green lanterns pull Khan out and into the open away from his followers. Spock takes advantage of the opportunity to subdue the augment that was holding him. With the thick metal roof no longer between the landing party and the Enterprise, Chekhov is able to beam the landing party to the ship. Ahura recognizes Khan in space, restrained by the three green lanterns, and gives orders to target him and fire phasers. As Khan's smoldering body falls back to the Federation installation, the three lanterns request beam-out because the fight with Khan has taken the last of their ring's power. Back on the bridge, Kirk orders a tractor beam on the Bryant. They must deny Khan his only means of escaping with his people. Suddenly, the Bryant glows red and zooms off far into the distance. Khan took it, and he made a tactical retreat. The Lantern's rings are all useless jewelry. No more power. They have to get to Oa to recharge. Hal says the Enterprise can make it with the help of the Manhunter's teleportation gates. But first, they must decide who is the more immediate threat, Sinestro at Oa or Khan and his likely attack on the Federation, specifically Earth. Meanwhile, on Kronos, Khan arrives and accosts Larflees in his search for the Klingon Emperor. From Larflees, Khan finds out about Sinestro and the Klingon's tendency to embrace rage. At that, Khan smiles with fresh blood on his lips and lower jaw. Meanwhile, on Oa, Sinestro demonstrates his knowledge of the Guardian's history. He tells them several years ago they encountered a terrible being of great power that threatened the entire universe. They managed to trap it in the Great Battery, but now it is a yellow impurity within the Great Green Battery. Sinestro helps them with that impurity by using his ring to draw it out of the battery and into him. Sinestro's Manhunter outfit changes into his yellow lantern uniform, but with a blinding yellow power to it that he has never seen before. Sinestro says he is Thal Sinestro of Korugar, and the universe is mine. To be continued. Bum, bum, bum. You ink-a-ding. Yes, so, <laughs> I guess it's a little late. Uh, Sinestro has the big power. Uh, yep. Okay, he so that... Really... So, oh, go ahead. Oh, so that yellow guy, so that is, that, is that something that really is a character that's known in, in the Green Lantern uh, lore? Uh, yeah, that's, um, that's Parallax. Parallax? Yeah, the movie played around with it a little... But, uh, but yeah, that's 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 what ultimately corrupts Hal to become Parallax to then, uh, you know, destroy the Green Lantern Corps. Okay, okay. It's a long, it's a long convoluted story, but yeah, it's it's the the yellow power entity thing. Hmm. Okay. Okay. 
There you go. It's how Sinestro creates the uh, Sinestro core. Hmm. If I remember right. There you go. Okay. Um. I still don't understand why the green the the Guardians are so far behind in this continuity, as opposed to where they were in the DC. Yeah, because it's like it's like were they like a thousand years difference or a five hundred years difference or you know a long time right. long behind. Time. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and it's not like they created the Green Lantern Corps right when Hal Jordan joined, right? So I mean, yeah, the, they the Green Lanterns have been patrolling the universe for a very long time. Uh, and Hal Jordan was just a small little speck in the in the greater, um, you know, Green Lantern Corps lore. Right. So, uh, yeah, they're way behind the times. This gambit is kind of kind of slow. Right. Well, it is, and it's kind it's a little hard to believe, but um, I guess they have to be this far behind. Um, I guess they wanted to show the Manhunters, and um, there you go. Right. Right. So, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, you're anytime you start trying to mix two different universes, you're you're gonna have to you're gonna have to give a little bit on <laughs> what did and didn't happen in one universe versus another. But it does feel like they're taking more of this. Well, I guess the Star Trek they came from the Star Trek universe into this one, right? In the first miniseries. So this is supposed to be the normal Star Trek universe. With some DC characters in it, right? Um, I thought we came to the conclusion that this was not our Star Trek universe. Or, a close one. But close, close adjacent to the Kelvin. Exactly, exactly. And they came across from some other dimension uh, where Green Lantern and everything happens. And they came into this close, but not quite, our Star Trek uh, Kelvin universe. Right. Right. But then this one introduces that, you know, that in the Kelvin universe or this slightly adjacent Kelvin universe, there could also be DC planets and events that, that could and couldn't happen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 they, they could go a lot of places. Like you mentioned, well, so the idea of, you know, seeing other DC characters in this. Oh, completely. Right. So there are options for volume three. That could involve that. Right, right. Yeah, I just kind of wish they would have, you know, uh, Kilowog is the one that planted that seed for me in that first issue when he says something like, I wonder if my my home planet's still out there right. in this universe. And then, so, I mean, they plant the seed way back then in issue number one, and then then here they're, they're kind of letting it, uh, uh, you know, it's becoming a plot point now, and then I, and I'm hoping in three they, they really nail it in and combine the, the two universes more than, than they are now. Anyways, I'm getting ahead of myself, so never mind. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, but I just, it, it's just, you know, sometimes with the technology, they're being, they're in, they're in our future, but they're not even technically advanced as they are in what would be their past now is right. sometimes a little off putting, but just go with it. Exactly. Exactly. Just got to go with it. Gotta go with it. All right. Like, uh, like the fact something that that kind of throws me off is Khan's nails. I mean, good, good, good. Gosh, I mean, it looks like his nails are almost like uh, you know, 
Wing Chiang or, you know. Nosferatu uh, type fingers. Exactly. I mean, so yeah. so I remember seeing his, his nails being that sharp ever before, but they're like little claw kind of things. Nasty. Well, he didn't normally vomit red blood stuff either, so it's <laughs> all part of that red ring. Good point, because he uh, spends a lot of time with, like, red blood all over his lips and lower jaw. Uh, yeah. And, you know, when he pops up on Klingon, or Kronos, uh, I mean, couldn't he have wiped it off by then? He doesn't want to. That's that's one of his powers. <laughs> right. Now, uh, that's the thing that Atrocitus does, is that, you know, it, it's one of his powers, is that he, uh, like, throws up this uh, this red blood Power really? Stuff. Yeah. That's a power. I don't know. It <laughs> creeps the person out. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when somebody starts throwing up blood on you, you start uh, you start thinking about other things then. <laughs> yeah, like this guy's crazy. Yeah, this is weird, man. This is really weird. I think I got to leave. Right. Yeah, it might mess with your willpower and then you don't you can't fight him anymore. No, especially if you're a green lantern. You need your willpower. I will say that Atrocitus died. Atrocitus was beaten by Khan because the Red Ring was depowered. And then I get that Khan's rage or hatred is fueling it now, but yeah. it seems like it sure is. He sure is doing a lot with it before it, oh, yeah. it's it's not even at all affected. Yeah. So it it really, as we get into some of these later issues, they really. They really underscore it, where it was kind of hinted at a little bit. But um, the, all the power Khan is having in these three issues, the first, the, I mean, yeah, uh, these three issues, I mean, he seems to have all the power he needs. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, well, everybody else is like losing power. And it's like, yes, the rage from his supermen um, is actually fueling his ring. But... Why wouldn't that have been fueling Atrocitus's ring before he got beaten by them? And yeah, there's a lot of them, but Atrocitus is a is a Red Lantern. I mean, right? Yeah, I, I think what you're getting at is how could Khan beat Atrocitus, especially if he was getting power from the uh, you know the augments, Khan and the augments. Right. So he's getting his power from other people. It's not just his rage; he's getting it from from his surrounding. Is that what you're saying? Yes, he's getting it from his people. Well, mm. okay. Well, in the sixth issue, it'll come back up. Okay. All right. Well, then we'll we'll table it till then. Okay. And something else happens in the sixth issue. I think it's the sixth issue. Maybe it's the fifth. Um, where, well, anyway, the mm. idea of getting ring power from other people um, is is oh, used yeah. twice. Right. Okay. So. All right. I got you now. Okay. Weird. So, uh, and, and, okay, so when I was reading this, it was like, how could Khan be so much stronger than Hal in their first confrontation? I mean, uh, Khan has not had this power that long. Right. So he doesn't have the experience with it. And he seems to have no problem with power. And, and, and at this time, I was like, what's going on here? But then by the time I got to the end of the sixth issue, that's like, oh, okay. So Khan's definitely getting power from the augments. But it still doesn't explain how unpowered 
no ring power, Khan and his people were able to beat Atrocitus. I mean, at the very least, Atrocitus could have left. It's like, that's okay, guys. I'm leaving. I'm out of here. Right. Yeah, instead of it just dying on him and then he <laughs> gets his butt kicked. Yeah, so. Hmm. Anyway. All right. Um, artistically wise, I I love this issue uh, yeah. as I love all the other ones. Uh, yeah. I think they they look just like the uh, the actors from the movies and yeah, and they do the DC characters enough so that they still look a little they look comic booky, but they they look more photorealistic if that's possible, uh, like like they could have been real actors that that right. they're drawing right. So I think they did a good job there. Yeah. Uh, my only complaint, and it's it's not a big complaint is the lantern in the middle of Oa. I just, I never liked that. There's a A big, huge lantern, a big, huge lantern, like a statue. Right. (laughs) I I thought the move, they did a good job in the movie where it, it still looked a little lantern like, but it didn't look like this brass giant uh, lantern that just in the middle of the middle of the planet. Yeah. So, uh, you know, like I said, it's not a big complaint because that is how it looks in the comic books. It's just that's one part of the comic books that I've never really dug. Yeah. Well, um, all that was good. I found all that great. Um, in this issue, though, when there's the fight between Khan and uh, the landing party and, and, and Hal in the mm-hmm. hallways of the, uh, the installation, um, I think there was some really cool drawing there. So there's a one particular part where Kirk uh, and Spock are firing their phasers and um, what's, what's that, what's that cute security? Uh, Zan. 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 Yeah, her. And she's using her white power ring, which was pretty cool too. Yeah. I like that they brought that back. Yeah. And, uh, and there's a really cool shot where they're all trying to shoot Khan and it just looks really good. And it's kind of like on an angle, and it just really looks action-packed. Um, and then, then, then Khan is, like, blocking them with, like, three red kind of ring. It's kind of like shield things that are pop, like, like big Frisbees popping up in front of their beams. Uh, and it, it, just, that, uh, it just looks great. Love it. Agreed. It just, it, that's eye candy. It's very cool. Yeah. No, the fight scene's really good. And then yeah. I like the... Uh when they start tearing up the ship to get to him and pull yeah. him out. I mean, they did a good job. Yeah. Usually when you start dealing with, you know, the light constructs and stuff, it can get a little silly. Right. Um, which they have a little bit of that here, but it, it never took me out of it. You know, the giant vice squishing, uh, ah. head is a little silly. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I liked it. I liked it a lot. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, other than that, I don't, I'm just scanning real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't really think, I, I, I think, um, Khan looks really good in different things, different spots. Um, especially when he's got Larflees and he's still got the blood all over him and stuff. He's got the eyes and he's just, the, they drew the smile, uh, just perfect. Mm-hmm. And you can, you know, this looks like um, Benedict Cumberbatch. It's very, very good. Love right. it. And also, I'll note, I'll mention how um, 
Some people have, have masks and some people don't have masks. So I'll just bring that up again. Khan has no mask. He's got glowy, glowy eyes, glowy white eyes. Right. But no uh, Green Lantern uh, mask. But, of course, all the Green Lanterns don't have masks either. It seems, yeah. it's, it's kind of an interesting optional accessory. Well, Hal's really the only one that wears it, right? Oh, is it only is it only Hal? Okay. Well, out of the Green Lanterns here, he's the only one that wears it. Okay. Because, uh, well, uh, original Taz Kirk and Spock. By oh, the way, I gotta I gotta mention that cover. What What do you think of it? <laughs> I liked it. This is a uh, very retro looking. Very and, retro. And I love how they did uh, Spock's mask, so that it almost looks like he's arching an eyebrow, but it's just the mask because. His mask arches up and, and turns <laughs> straight over the, the eyebrow. Yeah, it uh, Spock's almost looks a little bit like the comedian, a oh, little bit Watchmen, the mask yeah. from Watchmen. But it's great because I mean I remember that photo. I mean it's like I remember that photo or that scene in a Taz episode. I'm not sure which one. Maybe it was uh, I don't know uh, Doomsday Machine. I have no idea. But I remember that pose and everything and then they and then they just it's just a great mashup right so instead of the starfleet enterprise uh, logo on their chest it's uh-huh like a, it's the a white green lantern logo exactly so it's on their left side of their uh, left peck yeah. so exactly where you see the badge uh you know the the swoosh thing mm-hmm. um they got the uh, <laughs> they got the lantern logo that's great Love yeah, that's it. good all that's right good. that's all i have to say about this one all right. Uh, the last thing I'm going to say is that they did put a ash can. They call it an ash can, but usually ash cans are separate little tiny books. But uh, they put a uh, little preview for the Star Trek Deviations comic um, that I'm looking forward to reading. Um, we won't go over it now, but just saying that if you did buy it digitally, uh, it's it's there. I don't know if the um, physical book had it, but. Uh, it definitely looks interesting. It looks a little Mad Maxing, Mad Max and Star Trek crossover almost. Right. Looks good. Yeah, it does uh, look really good. We should uh, we should do that one too. Yes, uh, and <clears throat> they do that kind of thing. Uh, I is it, I think it's the next issue. They do a little ash can thing. Right, again. where they do a boldly go preview. Right. Right, and and I haven't read Deviations. But I, I have read Boldly Go, and, and the ash can at the end is, is just the first couple pages of mm-hmm. Boldly Go number one. So that's why right. I feel confident that we don't have to cover that here because no. these, these same pages will be repeated in issue yep. number one, I'm assuming. Yep. Exactly. If not, we'll go back and we can uh, read, read this when we actually do uh, Deviations number one. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be covered. Yeah. If you remember um, – Malibu did this number on us one time where uh, they, you know, released a little sneak preview at the end of one of the issues that we did, and we didn't cover it because we assumed that that those few pages would actually be part of number one, and come to find out it wasn't. And so uh, those few pages of the Malibu comic have never been reviewed here on Star Trek Comic Book Review. Mm-hmm. Somebody uh, wrote us and pointed that out to us, and I was like, uh, Wow. Cool. Somebody was listening. Yeah, I know, right? (laughs) Very nice. All right. Well, you ready to go to issue number five here? Let's do it. All right. It is 
let's see. Okay, Star Trek Green Lantern Strange World number five has a uh, cover date of April 2017. Uh, the writing staff and art staff and everything is the same as issue number four, so I won't cover that. Um, it did have several covers. So the first cover is uh, the normal cover by uh, Angel Hernandez. And it shows like a uh, Enterprise with a Sinestro logo in the saucer section, kind of streaking down the middle of the page. And on the left side, we see uh, Sinestro's, half of Sinestro's face. And then on the right side is half of Spock's face. It's quite nice. Um, the Retail Incentive cover, by also by Angel Hernandez, shows uh, Hal Jordan kind of standing in the background on a, almost looks like a Borg planet, almost. Just a bunch of technology. Uh, he's standing there with his hand outstretched as if he was He-Man with a lightning green lightning bolt hitting him. And then in front of him, we see um, just uh, Spock and Kirk with their phasers drawn. And then the subscription cover, which is by Hugo Petrus, shows uh, it's split up into five columns. So the first column shows Chekhov. Second column shows Star Sapphire and uh, the Blue Lantern. Uh, Saint Walker. Uh, the middle column is Ahura. The next column shows Kilowog, Guy Gardner, John Stewart, and Hal Jordan. And then the final column shows McCoy. And then kind of in front of all of these columns, we see uh, Sinestro kind of flying out towards the reader. All right, so uh, the story starts off in deep space. Uh, Kirk has decided to take Hal Jordan's suggestion and use the Manhunter's technology to create a portal to Oa, which, again, is at the center of the universe. The hope is that the threat Khan poses cannot do too much trouble uh, while they're away. So once the portal is created, Scotty notes that there's a high chance that the nacelles will pop off mid-flight, and then the Enterprise races in towards the truly great unknown. Meanwhile on Kronos, Red Lantern Khan and his augmented human army have made their way to the Klingon throne room and have killed LaFreeze after he told them about Sinestro's plan. Khan then makes himself the something like third or fourth Klingon Emperor in the span of these last six or seven Star Trek Green Lantern books. Kronos has gone through some, some emperors, but he's the newest one. Meanwhile on Oa... Sinestro, now fully powered by the yellow entity that was trapped in, by the Guardians, is laying waste to the planet. He's turned himself into a giant kaiju and is just knocking buildings over. He's about to destroy the battery. It's, he's about to destroy the battery core itself when he's hit by an orbital strike. The Enterprise has arrived just in time. The Manhunters streak down and try to distract Sinestro, while the Green Lanterns beam down to charge the rings at the battery. But Sinestro quickly destroys the Manhunters. While Kirk is on the ground with the depowered Green Lanterns, the Enterprise is attacked by a fleet of Klingon ships. Khan has somehow been able to create a portal himself and bring along some backup. Khan arrives to the surface and he blasts the Green Lanterns and Kirk. While the humans are stunned, Khan picks up Kirk and is gloating on how easy this all has been. Elsewhere on the planet, the Guardians complete their first prototype of a GL ring in this universe, 
and they send it out to try to find a worthy person. Back with Khan, who's still holding Kirk by the neck, is shocked when Kirk starts to glow green. And then a voice rings out from the ring and says, James Tiberius Kirk of Earth, you are chosen. Suddenly, Kirk is now clothed in a green lantern uniform, reminiscent of a Starfleet uniform, complete with glowing white eyes. To this, Khan takes a line from Spock and he says, fascinating. Sinestro then arrives and the two plan to take out this young lantern quickly. Kirk looks at them both and he tells them to shut up and those are captain's orders. And then the reader must wait another 30 days to find the exciting conclusion. Come yes. on, that was super yes, exciting. But, but you won't have to wait. No. <laughs> now, we'll talk about it here in a few minutes. But, man, that those last two pages, I did not see that coming. I, I didn't. Should... I agree. That, that It's the best part of the, uh, the uh, six-part book. And I thought that was great because I was like, okay, the other lanterns are knocked, um, knocked out or whatever. They're out of commission, probably. There was a big... I mean, they, it, it made it look like there was a big explosion. Right. Um, and then Kirk was on his own, you know, in in Khan's powerful hands. Like, how is he going to get out of this one? And, uh, man. So, okay, so this is, a, this is a prototype ring from the Guardians. Is that the deal? That's what they said, yeah. Okay, so when they saw um, Sinestro's rings... They were like acting, they seemed to be acting like, ooh, we've never seen that before. Wow, what's that? But in actuality, obviously, they've been working on them. Right. Well, they probably never saw a yellow one. Yeah. Okay, but... But, but they, yeah, it, to, I think they were the surprised imp- on that he had that technology that they hadn't quite perfected yet. Yeah. The impression I got from them, they were like looking at it going, ooh, never seen that before. But, Okay. So obviously so you, that wasn't you the think, case. You think they might have uh, they might have seen that ring and then went off and made this one r- right quick? No, 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 not at all. No, okay. I'm sure they've been working on them, just like you said. Um, they they wouldn't have the time to <laughs> craft a ring that fast, I don't think. Right. But no, I I, th- I think they said somewhere that like when they're running off at some point, they're like, we need to work on the prototype or test the prototype or something like that. Hmm. Well, but yeah, it's fully charged. Um, and I, can we talk about the uh, the Green Lantern Starfleet uniform? Yeah, it looks a little bit like that that uh, that cover you love so much. <laughs> a little bit, yes, yes. <laughs> so we got the Green Lantern logo, you know, in the same spot instead of the the patch, right? And then we've got um, Kirk's got white gloves sort of on and because his hands are definitely white and where the gloves come up uh into the past the wrists and stuff it looks like it's kind of like just the rest of the uh uniform sleeve kind Mm. of and he's got captain's uh captain's uh bands around his 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 wrists okay that's what that is okay yeah so that's rank um so that's cool and then the uh the neck is so so the collar of the Green Lantern outfit is 
I mean, other than the green color, is straight out of a, a normal uh, or a, a Star Trek Beyond uniform, you know, uniform. Right. And, um, and he's got the, 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 the leotard pants. Because I'm sorry, I got to mention this. So the first, you know, when you, when you see Kirk saying, both of you stop talking, um, I got to say, it, uh, Chris Pine has a hell of an ass. So the way they've drawn this, he looks like he's got those butt cheeks just going right out there at you. And it's, uh, it's like, man, you guys really get into detail, don't you? Anyway, so you can see every muscle in Kirk's body, and he's like overly muscled, uh, just like uh, Hal and, and Khan and everybody else. Right. Um, Anyway, good look. I think they did a great job of combining the two worlds with the uh, the Kirk Green Lantern outfit. Right. Yeah, I'll have to go back and uh, look at the first six issues back when um, Chekhov and McCoy and and Uhura had their Green Lantern slash when they had their Lantern slash Starfleet uniforms on. Right. Uh, but I don't remember it looking quite like this. Uh, well, uh, was the, was Volume 1 before Beyond? Yeah, it came out before Beyond. Okay, so it wouldn't have had the same kind of collar thing. Wouldn't have had the collar thing, yeah. Uh, but other than that... Yeah, um, I wonder if it is the same. I, I, I'm going to go look it up. Yeah, I think they're a little different. But I do think that they're, the Green Lantern insignia would have been on the left pack. Right, right. Uh, just like Kirk's is and uh, stuff. Anyway, looks really cool. And you're right about him being uh, overly muscular. I mean, he, he has a nine-pack going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of ridiculous about Hal, too. He always looked overly uh, pumped. Right. So. so, all right, so since we're talking about Green Lantern in the uniform, um, yeah. I know the movie, a lot of people don't like his uniform in the movie, but what was your thought? I, I thought it looked... I thought it looked good, only it looked a little... I mean, you could tell it's computer-generated. Sure. But you do want it to glow, right? right. I mean, it's glowing. It glows. So how are you going to get that glow if you don't, like, computer-generated to some degree? So, I don't know. But yeah, I, I liked it. I thought that it, it looked like it, you know... It's supposed to be made from a ring, uh-huh. the ring's energy. So right. It right. should look a little... It shouldn't look like cloth or whatever. Um, so I, I, I dug it and, and I think this one kind of looks like that too, where, I mean, that's why you see every little muscle is that, you know, it's just like a second, it's like a second skin or, or just a coloration of his skin almost. Right. And he's just really well built. <laughs> well, I think it pumps people up. The power <laughs> of the so. ring. It's gotta be. Kirk, Kirk isn't like that. I mean, come on, forget it, forget about it. All right. So I know you haven't seen Wonder Woman yet, but. There is a scene where Chris Pine is wearing maybe nothing. Nah! And, <laughs> and I was like going, damn, he looks good. I mean, he is he was well chiseled in that movie, oh, uh, okay. which I never thought of him looking like that in uh, in the Starfleet in the Starfleet uniform. No, I I think normally they look like pretty skinny, quite frankly. Right. Like normal people. Yeah. Well, like normal skinny people. 
Right, right, right. Not, yeah. uh, but I don't. I don't think it was like uh, in the, in the Marvel and probably DC too. Well, yeah, DC Ben Affleck. I mean, these guys really work out for these roles, and they didn't right. do any of that kind of stuff with the Star Trek stuff. Right. I don't think. Or if they did, they didn't get their money's worth. So. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, Picard looks pretty damn good in uh, First Contact when he's fighting the Borg Queen. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah, he keeps himself in shape, and he's wor- he's willing to. I found out during Logan, he dropped like twenty pounds. Did he really? Wow. Yeah, and he was never. I mean, he's not a big guy. He's not yeah. a he's not a fat guy. I mean, he always looks like he's in he's in pretty decent shape. Right. Um, but then to drop twenty pounds so that you look older and more frail, um, that's pretty good. That's dedication to your craft. Yeah, it is. Anyway. Ah, let's see. Um, so what would you think about Sinestro Kaiju? So Kaiju. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, ah, it's, it's fine. I mean, in the volume one, when that ne- Necromicon or whatever the guy's name was, um, I mean, he used to do that too, you know, big, really big, huge guy. Um, so I, I thought it was fine. You know, I thought it, it's a little, a little on the over the top side, but maybe not quite over the top. Uh, what do you think? I liked it. I thought it was good. Yeah. I did feel a little bad for, I mean, it looks like a lot of guardians get killed. Oh yeah. I mean, like, yeah, they seem to be wiped out a lot. Except for like a, the three that released the ring. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy how many how many little little tiny uh, yellow skeletons are left after exactly Eek. just wiping them out. Eek. Which is good because I like because Sinestro hates the Guardians that much that even in another universe he will uh, destroy as many of them as he can. Right, and they're not they're kind of defenseless here. Or well, so yeah, because they were like you have this technology that we're working on, so maybe we trust... And he's, you know, he's so manipulative. He makes them think that uh, that they can trust him. Oh, in the other universe, we're, we're buddies. Yeah. Let me see that ring. <laughs> Let, me see that, Let me see that power core. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, maybe we can learn just enough to get this prototype uh, over the top. Right. Again, good stuff. I, yeah. I This issue... I can't. I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything bad to say about the whole issue. No. Um, I did think it was funny that uh, there's yet another Klingon emperor. So I mean, so there was an emperor, and then oh, yeah. that one Klingon guy killed him when he had the he had the red ring, right? Or did he have the orange ring? I can't remember. But they went through two or three well, emperors in the last in the last series. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. And then, then, then Sinestro killed him, and then he gave it to Lafleeze. Lafleeze. Yeah. And then now Lafleeze is dead, and Khan is the emperor. Yeah. They're churning them out. Exactly. You don't want to be the Klingon emperor because you're it's not going to have a very long uh, reign. It's a revolving door here. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess Nero will show up in the next issue, and he'll be the uh, the emperor, <laughs> the Praetor now. Maybe. Maybe. Um, speaking of Khan on, on Klingon or on uh, Kronos, mm-hmm. um, I thought it was quite bloody. 
I mean, when Khan was introducing himself to the Klingon leadership and everything, and he was just taking care of all those guards, and then he looked like he, you know, he was beating Larfleys pretty good too. Um, right. It was rather bloody. Yeah, they did a whole Jason thing where you just squeeze someone's head and then until the, it cracks open. Yeah, Jason Voorhees would do. <laughs> right. Like, and the guy's even wearing a helmet too, and he's just like crack. <laughs> Well, we know Khan likes to do that, as he did to uh, oh, that's right. Admiral that's right. Uh, uh, Robocop. <laughs> Marcus, Admiral yes. Marcus. Admiral Marcus. Peter Weller. Yes, yes, Peter. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure the man has been referred to as uh, Robocop many times in his life, but. Uh, yeah, I, I really like Peter Weller. I, I've seen almost. I won't say I've seen everything he's been in, but I will often watch a movie just because it says Peter Weller's in it. Oh, yeah. He's great. Oh, I'm going to watch Buckaroo, He's Buckaroo Banzai, man. What do you want? Yeah, Buckaroo Banzai. And then, uh, I don't know. He was in some movie called Naked Lunch. Did you ever yeah. see that? Yep. It was a Cronenberg movie, right? Yep. Uh, uh, that was a weird one. I Yeah, that, that was an adaptation of a uh, novel. Right. Um. I thought a novel by uh, Philip K. Dick. I thought oh, I could be it? wrong on that. But maybe Cronenberg directed it. Yeah. Yeah. Who, uh, yeah. I don't think he wrote it. Yeah. And it might not even have been Cronenberg, but it was definitely a Cronenberg type movie where it's just like weird. You don't know what's going on. Exactly. Just weird. Yeah. That was a weird one. But he was very good in it. But Yeah. And he's done plenty of things in the Star Trek universe, uh, actor-wise. Yeah. Two, two, two now, right? Yeah. He was in Enterprise. Enterprise. And now he was in. Yeah, I was really hoping they would somehow link his character from Enterprise to. Demarcus. Uh, <laughs> well, before we knew that he was Marcus, I was oh. I was really hoping it was somehow. Oh right. Wasn't well, it Colonel Green or something? Was his character yeah. in uh, in Enterprise? Yeah. Yeah, I was really hoping that it was going to somehow tie into that, but. I was wrong. Yeah. I remember you mentioning that. So anyways, back to this, this issue, which uh, Colonel Marcus has done, or Admiral Marcus has <laughs> done in. No, no. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, think, I think I said everything I had to say. Uh, oh, oh, actually, one thing. One last thing I have to say. Um, yeah. The first page's three-way argument between Kirk, McCoy, and Spock, I liked it. I liked it a lot. It was very... Very Star trek I thought it was very true to the characters. So that's where they're arguing about, you know, what's, what's their next move? Should they be protecting Earth, or should they be going off to uh, Oa? Mm-hmm. That was yep. quite good. Damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a soothsayer. Yeah. Yeah, I, I liked it. Yeah. I did think it's funny that that um, McCoy was siding on the not going, um, just because he was the Blue Lantern, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. So you would think that uh, that he would, you know, have some sort of knowledge as to how powerful um, Sinestro could be if he, once he got a hold of the power, all right. the power in the universe, in that one, on that one planet that hasn't been tapped yet. So, right, you would think that, uh, that he would know know what kind of danger that they were facing. Right, but also, okay, so that's Saint Walker. Saint Walker is the blue one, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> and what what was that emotion? Um, hope, empathy, hope. Oh no! Wait. 
Saint Walker's Hope. So maybe he wasn't. Maybe he was purple. Was he the purple lantern? I he could have been purple. Yeah. Right. Well, well, whatever. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah. I mean, the main thing is they had to have an argument. So, right. <laughs> you know, so somebody had to take that side. So Kirk or rather McCoy drew the stra- short straw. Right. But I will say the um, the Scotty joke about the nacelles popping off uh, uh-huh. mid-flight to me was, was perfect. Because mm-hmm. exactly. the Guardian, I, I didn't really go into detail, but the Manhunter says, I can't, I can't guarantee that the ship will make it through the through the gates and then scotty's like if you could give me assurances it wouldn't be worth doing and then he kind of turns to kirk and's like oh by the way i, I can't guarantee these these nacelles aren't going to pop off at any moment. <laughs> yeah i like that i thought it was great yeah that is good job with the writing yes mr johnson exactly yeah you know uh he writes a lot of the star trek stories and some are great and some are not great. Some are, some are okay. Um, but this, this is definitely a, a good series. Right. Agreed. And that's all I have to say about number five. Yeah, I'm ready too. You're ready to see what happens, how it all <clears throat> wraps up? Let's do it. Okay, so Stranger Worlds Part 6, published date May 2017. And everyone's pretty much the same. Uh, I... I I don't remember who did colors last time. Sometimes that changes. But colors are by Mark Roberts. Uh, Letterer just to be on the safe side. And World Design. I think they all probably were. And World Design. And everybody else is the same. Okay, three covers. Um, The first one features Red Lantern Khan and Sinestro flanking the big green lantern pulsating with power. The Enterprise is above them. The majority of the good guys are standing defiantly at the bottom, forming a V with uh, Hal Jordan at the point. Uh, and then Kirk and Spock are flanking him. And then fanning out from there are everybody else, Kilowog and etc. cetera. Uh, cover art by Angel Hernandez. The retailer incentive cover skips Kirk and Hal completely and focuses on Spock, John Stewart, Scotty, Kilowog, Sulu, and Guy Gardner, and of course we have uh, an interesting drawing of the Enterprise sweeping through the middle. Not the best picture I've ever seen of it, but there you go. You've got to have uh, the Enterprise. Cover by Elizabeth Beals. The subscription cover features head and shoulder shots of Hal, Kirk, Spock, and Uhura facing the reader with Hal's ring glowing brightly. Uh, art by George Kalt Sodas. Hope I got that right. Hal returns to consciousness after being blasted back away from the green charging battery along with his fellow lanterns. Through blurry vision, he sees a lone green lantern fighting Khan, Sinestro, and the yellow fear being. When he sees Kilowog, John, and Guy are all recovering like he is, he wonders who... Guy answers the question, saying in a half-question, Kirk? Khan, the perpetual motormouth, calls Kirk pathetic and inexperienced with his new toy. Sinestro joins in making snide comments as the yellow energy giant swats against Kirk's hastily erected green force field bubble. Kirk disagrees and says with confidence he is getting the hang of this 
as he harnesses the force of his fully charged ring and creates a shock wave that knocks Khan and Sinestro back in a tidal wave of concussive force. Meanwhile, Hal and the other lanterns are charging their rings and, in unison, chanting the Green Lantern Oath. Kirk grabs Khan and smashes him into the ground with a powerful hand construct. When Sinestro grabs him from behind and starts to encase him in a yellow restraint suit, Sinestro's concentration is broken when Hal, with a fully charged ring, grabs him from behind with a fearsome green kraken construct. Meanwhile, Kilowog and Guy attack Khan and his augments. In space, the Enterprise is taking a pounding. They are numbered by the many Klingon ships, and their shields are down to just 9%. Spock orders all available power to be diverted to the aft shields as they make a tactical advance to the rear. Meanwhile, in engineering, Carol and Scotty are trying to hold the ship together. When she realizes her ring can be recharged by one thing, love. She kisses Scotty with passion and regains her star sapphire outfit and glow. With the additional love exuding from the Enterprise crew, she is able to gain enough power to supercharge the shields and the ship's weapons. With Chekhov giving such a glowing report on status of shields, Spock gives the orders to come about and engage the Klingons. The ring-enhanced weapons from the Enterprise begin cutting through the Klingon ships. Back on the ground, the Augments and Khan are being beaten badly. Hal is pounding on Sinestro. Kirk is holding his own against the huge yellow energy giant. Uh, Parallax, I guess. Kirk is able to beat back the yellow energy giant in time to see Khan's ring has lost its remaining power now that his Augments are beaten and are no longer generating the rage needed to keep the ring going. Kirk creates two hand constructs and starts choking Khan to death. Kirk comes close, but remembers he's a good guy. He drops Khan, and as Khan starts to get back up, Kirk gives him a one-way ticket to Sleepyland, compliments of his fist. Sinestro and the giant fear entity start to back up as all the Green Lanterns advance on them. Sinestro claims they are at a stalemate, but Kirk orders Spock to unload all weapons they have at Sinestro's position. Between the Enterprise barrage and all the lanterns firing at once, the giant fear entity appears to be destroyed, leaving Sinestro on his knees, weak and beaten. Sinestro turns to the lanterns and defiantly states he has enough energy to open a portal and escape to fight another day. He does so and leaves the Lanterns, the Guardians, and the Starfleet crew to savor their victory. They wrap up the story with Hal and the Lanterns preparing to go to save Saint Walker, who is still in the hands of the Klingons. Hal also plans on finding all the other Spectrum batteries in this dimension before Sinestro and any other evil Lanterns do. The yellow and orange rings are safely under lock and key on the Enterprise. Hal and Kirk, firing up their rings, head out into space ahead of the Enterprise 
As they go to check out a planet, Hal says Kirk will find very interesting. Looks like Starfleet has not gotten there yet. Hal says it has a big red sun. The end for now. So they need to make an issue three fast. (laughs) Yeah, volume three? Volume three, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so when I read... Big Red Sun, uh, I, I figured it was something important because they, they ended the whole uh, volume two on that note, uh, but I didn't know what. Big Red Sun, okay. There's probably lots of Big Red Suns, Red Giants, whatever. Um, and Donovan instructed me. So wh- wh- what planet is near the Big Red Sun? Well, I feel like it's going to be Krypton. Ah, <laughs> Krypton! The home of Superman. Cool. Exactly. Right. So, uh, I mean, like you said, it could be another big red sun planet. But uh, assuming that, you know, in this universe, he's, he says that, uh, you know, he's already checked and he, he, the planet is there. So in this universe, Krypton didn't explode. So therefore, Kal-El never was sent to Earth. He never became Superman. Uh, so, you know, obviously he shouldn't find Superman there. But... Uh, it would be interesting to see them visiting Krypton and, and seeing how how they that society would have would how its twenty third century would look like. You know, right? What I mean? Even more advanced. Exactly. They already had space travel way back in the fifties. Right, and in Man 30s. of Steel, they had some pretty cool tech. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I love what I mean. Like I said, I, I'm a big. Superman fan, but I, I love watching the old serials with with Kirk Allen and and when Jor El. Well, actually, what's funny is that in the serials, when Jor El's telling the the council about Krypton exploding, he kind of has a a presentation that's kind of visual, almost mm-hmm. like a almost like how Spock uses the uh, he can just wave his hand and it'll kind of change the picture, um, you know, because they never use that later in in any other Star Treks, but in the pilot, he could kind of wave his hand and the view screen would change and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's a little bit like that. A little futuristic. Um, a little minority right. report. Right. But then when George Reeves' TV series started, they also had the the Krypton scenes. And in that one, Joel pulls out like a, you know, one of those maps that roll up into the into the role of, you know, on a, on a little string and he pulls it down and it's like, <laughs> this is Krypton and it's about to explode. You know, he just has very traditional. Exactly. Right. It's not at all high tech, but, uh, but he can build a spaceship that takes his little kid to earth. Right. Anyways, I, I, I just love old sci-fi shows where they try to be sci-fi real super advanced in one area. And then another area they're you know, very low tech. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, I, I never saw that serial you were mentioning, ever. It sounds cool. So, so they so when okay so the Superman show was like late fifties, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So late, when was mid this? To late fifties. Uh, mid it to late. Forty four. Forty four. Wow. No, forty eight. It's okay. in the forties. Okay, so it's in the forties, and yeah. they were doing some kind of hand waving technological demonstration. Pretty cool. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. forward thinking of them, right? But what's great about that show, and, and this is not a Superman podcast, but what's great about that show is that 
when they did the special effects, like when the ship takes off and when Krypton explodes and when Superman's flying and stuff like that, um, instead of just doing like a little model or something like that, or, you know, a guy in front of a green screen, um, what they did is they would just take the actor out of the frame and then animate it using traditional uh, cell animation. Huh. Which is exactly what they do now, right? So yeah, but with Superman computer generation. There, then, and then the actor's replaced with a computer-generated Superman. Uh, yeah. And it, it, so way back in the 40s, they were doing the same thing. It just didn't quite look as photorealistic as it is now. <laughs> a little Mickey Mousey, but, uh, right. but still they did it through rotoscope and stuff like that. So, I mean, they were tracing over an actor or, or, or a stunt double or whatever to get some of the movements. But, it, it you know, it's still paint and ink and versus a real person but i, I love it i love that old, that's amazing I, I love how they did that you know they're like we can't make a guy fly but here's how we're going to do it right and, and it works well to me it works but that also made it cost a lot more than like say the batman serials which was just a dude in a car <laughs> in a costume in a bat suit right, right. yeah cool anyways well, i i have to watch that sometime yeah you should they're, they're all on DVD and Blu-ray and stuff, so they're very easy to find if you want to look for it. Cool. Okay, so, so I want to know, what are the glowing Frisbees coming out of the Enterprise once they uh, were supercharged? Those are lasers. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it it looks like glowing Frisbees. And I think they were doing this kind of stuff in the in the first volume, too. Well, they were doing it also in, in later uh, earlier in, in these issues, too. When Khan okay. gets yeah. hit in issue five... Or no, four. When he's floating outside and, and uh, the Green Lanterns start losing their power. Right, and, right. And they ask for the Enterprise to shoot. Yeah. Uh, they shoot the same thing. Yeah, so what is that? They're not phasers. And they're I not photon torpedoes. Like, Are they? I'm assuming they're supposed to be phasers, but they do look a little pulse-like, like, like little it, balls of energy. I don't know, man. It just looks cool. Well, uh, well, I guess it looks cool. I just like to know what the heck it is, because there's nothing like anything that ever happened uh, in any movie. Uh, well, the movies now have the missile turrets and stuff like that. Maybe that's what they're trying to depict. I don't know. They're but all. Yeah, they look, it's they all little. Like it's all little laser beams. Even if they're short laser beam things, not frisbees. These are yeah. big, big frisbees. I'm not arguing with you, Ken. I agree. Okay. I just, they just should not, maybe in this alternate universe, after they created their white lanterns, they were like, you know what? We could also use Frisbee phasers instead of uh, just these long beams. It's more energy efficient. Well, I think it's – I think they just wanted to do something different, and I, I just I'm, – I'm not buying it. Yeah, you know what? If you have – I mean, the the lanterns have just beams of light coming out of their rings. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, but I agree with you. It looks a little weird. Yeah, but I kind of like it. Okay, well, and that's your but right, but I it don't. It is my right. Well, but I'm right and you're wrong. What? Yep, you heard me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so uh, it, actually, it's our opinion, but Saint Walker is useless in the story. I mean, why do they even ha- why do they have a minute? Exactly, he's been chained up in a dungeon, or he's been out like a light. 
uh, and maybe he's still out for a light in the in the dungeon. All right. all I gotta say is why did he? Why did they have him in here? I don't know. I guess to set up volume three. Well, okay. Because he was in the first one, right? He was but in, even the in the first one. one. He was badly injured and and in the sick bay the whole time, right? Yeah. Yep. And and in this one, he doesn't do much either. He's like, what? What's the point of having him around if he doesn't do anything? You say not much. He doesn't do anything. <laughs> He's knocked out in the first issue, and he yeah. never does anything except lay there, and, and you think he's dead. Yeah. I, 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 just, I just don't get it. Yeah, I don't get it either. I just don't get it. Okay. So, the red and orange rings that are captured. Obviously, uh, what was that? I was going to say, just in a glass jar. Exactly. So you know those are going to come up again. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is a great second act of a, of a three-act uh, story. Or right. at least a three-act story. Because, I mean, they're, they resolved the main issue of this issue, but they set up so many questions that that you didn't even know you were going to have uh, yeah. you know, at the beginning of the issues. Right. I mean, they got these rings sitting there ready to go. Um They've got Kirk Lantern, you know, out there too. So that's a new thing. And then they've got, you know, they're going to Krypton probably. So that's cool, you know. So, I mean, they're being quite creative. Right. Yeah, they're really playing with the uh, we can do anything we want to. Right. Which is good. Just keep entertaining us and keep doing that. Right. Yeah, this story and, you know, like we said in the last episode when we did the – Green Lantern, Planet of the Apes crossover. Right. Um, you know, they're DC and whoever they're partnering with, whether it's Boom or IDW, they're they're doing a bang up job um, mixing their mixing their stuff up into some really interesting stories that you never really thought that you would see. I, I'm right. digging it, and I yeah. was never a big Green Lantern fan. But mm-hmm. You can mix it up with anything, and I'm going to eat it up. <laughs> Can't wait for the Walking Dead Green Lantern crossover. Are they doing that? Not that I know of, but they should. <laughs> <laughs> they should. That seems like a no-brainer right there. Right. So uh, can we talk about uh, Star Sapphire right quick? Oh, please, because that was my next comment. That's also kind of a – you should have done more with that story than just – introduce her as being Scotty's love interest in like the first issue. Right. And then don't even bring her back up until the sixth. Yeah. I mean, I think she might've like popped up one or two frames. Right. In issue three, but uh, hanging out in her Starfleet uniform. Right. But man, she was underused. And then for it to be the, uh, the Trump card that they need right at the end, uh, you probably should have set that up a little bit better. Yeah. Well, not only that, and, and okay. So I guess star Sapphire, Emotion is love. Okay, love. that's right. fine. But really, I, I just – it just seems so lame. <laughs> um, and so obviously this is reinforcing the idea that people's emotions, uh, whether it be rage of the augments or love of the Enterprise crew and Scotty, um, can, can charge these rings. Except which for is willpower. Like, Willpower you have to get from the battery alone for okay. yourself. Well, apparently. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently. I'm trying to figure it out myself. <laughs> yeah. Because Green Lantern, I mean, 
there's lots of uh, lots of hope on the Enterprise too. I would think, but uh, you know, no one was getting Kilowog wasn't getting a charge out of that. So you mean Saint Walker? No, Kilowog's not a Blue Lantern. Well, uh, okay, so what's the green again? Willpower. Oh, willpower. Okay. So there's a lot of oh, there's a lot of willpower on the Enterprise, and uh, especially coming out of, off of Kirk, and uh, they're not getting charged. Nope. So. Yeah. No, it it seems a little wonky. Yeah. But uh, I did kind of like that line though. In this star, in this starship is full of love. I thought that was actually kind of cool. Well, you know, when it, I was reading that, I almost had a little tingle. That's like, oh yeah, yeah. And then I thought about it more. It's like, ah, oh, <laughs> that's just mushy. Right. It is mushy. But when I first was reading, it was like, ah. Oh. Anyway. Yeah. Kiss me, Monty. <laughs> yeah. I did like his line. I I I really appreciate it, but uh, I don't think now is a good time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's good stuff. Right. Good stuff. Yes. Um So yeah, I I again, I don't really have much to say. I I like I like the resolution. I like to uh, you know, obviously I like that they win. <laughs> yep. Handy. And then, uh, you know, it didn't seem too one-sided, you know, like, a, you know, like a lot of times the crossovers, you, you, you get more of one than the other. And mm-hmm. I think the first first volume, we, we thought maybe it was a little too much Green Lantern and mm-hmm. not enough Star Trek because they often seemed like they were just flying hell around and, and that was about <laughs> it. Right. But uh, I, I really liked this one. That, yeah. uh, and now that Kirk has a lantern ring. Uh-huh. Yeah, and he gets to keep it. Yeah, because cause, uh, last time Spock ended up being the White Lantern, but McCoy and Ahura and Chekhov were all lanterns at one point too. But they had right. to give up give up their rings at the end to, to kill Necros. Right. So that one, you know, it kind of resolved in a way that you didn't really expect another another volume, right? Right. They they weren't teeing up another another series with that one. I didn't feel, but here, here they've left way too many things open. That if they don't do a volume three, I'll be quite sad. Yeah. I think uh, what Mike Johnson, that's his name, right? Yeah. Um, I think he's he's at least got an outline of what's going to happen next. Right. If not a lot more. So here's hoping that they announce it uh, for 2018. And yeah. uh, and we're cool. here next year talking about that. <laughs> yeah, we will. Actually, that'd be 2017, right? Because no, this came out this year, right? Yeah, this is this year. It started at the end of the year, so uh, maybe by the end of 2017 we'll get it. Okay, that'd be cool. Either way. Either way, I'm good. Yep. Just do it. Exactly. All right, then. Um, next episode, we're going to go ahead and finish off the Green Lantern Planet of the Apes crossover. Cool. So Makes sense. Won't have any Star Trek, but we still felt it was close enough to uh, the subject matter that it warrants a uh, finishing off that miniseries. Yeah. Plus, those first three issues were really good. They really were, man. I, yeah. I, I liked them a lot. So uh, I haven't read the next three, so I'm, I'm looking forward to giving those a look. Excellent. 
And then after that, we'll, I guess, do Star Trek by itself again. <laughs> yeah, we better. We start. It's going to be kind of weird eating vanilla ice cream without the, you know, crossover syrup. Vanilla? Come on. I was just trying to think of a uh, chocolate ice cream. Whatever. <clears throat> just without the, the sprinkling in of some other crossover. It's like, it's without the sprinkles. <laughs> it's like a donut without the sprinkles. Forget about it. Is that yeah. Bill Murray? Uh, kind of, kind of Homer, kind of Homer, kind of Bill, you know. Nice. Exactly. Alrighty then. Okay. See you again next time, everybody. On the review. Later. Thank you for listening to Star Trek Comic Book Review. All Star Trek stories and characters are copyrighted CBS Studios Incorporated. All music, stories, and characters discussed are for entertainment purposes only. You can email us at startcomicbookreview at gmail.com. Visit us at our website, www.stcomicbookreview.com. Subscribe to us via iTunes. Or friend us on Facebook at first name, stcomic, second name, book review. See you next time on Star Trek Comic Book Review. Let's get the hell out of here.